everybody and welcome to best of the west my name is jake brown and i am here with kenji ito and we're going to talk some uh best of best of the west we're going to talk about some nfc west news from the rams niners seahawks and cardinals and we're going to talk a little bit of pro bowl which uh is tomorrow all right some skill competition Yep, uh, I was uh, very impressed. Like, you know, they change every single year, but like, you know, I'm always impressed with how these athletes can perform. Even though it's just many games, like I was surprised that Michael Parsons could beat Tyreek Hill in a foot race. And then uh, I don't know who else, uh, Russell Wilson, he was like on point, on target on all the throws he made. So, which we will get into early uh, later, but uh, overall, this really impressed. Yeah, so... First, let's start off with uh, the Rams. Kenji, what you got for us? So we got one main topic. And you know what? This is like, other than Super Bowl or bust because of all the acquisitions they made, uh, that has been the main news headline for the Rams. But another thing is Odell Beckham Jr. Like hit, the acquisition of him has been like the major news story of the Rams because, you know, he was good his rookie year he had troubles because of injuries he was kind of he was kind of drama filled you know and that kind of like degressed his career but now he's with the Rams now and he looks great so the main question is how well has Odell Beckham Jr. contributed to the Rams offense with Robert Woods going down in week 10 like how much has he improved how much has he contributed et cetera et cetera et cetera I think a lot of discourse on Twitter that happened over the past uh, week and a half was that oh, the Rams would not be where they are today if it wasn't for Odell Beckham Jr. And it specifically was because Robert Woods went down. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Troy Aikman likes to say you're only as good as your third best wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And while... Um, their third best wide receiver is Van Jefferson. Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup, those are a fantastic one and two. And it's only get and it only gets better when you add Bobby Trees in there. Mm -hmm. So I think that Odell Beckham, he's a reliable pass catcher. He is a pretty good route runner, not as great as he was when he was a youngin with the Giants. Mm -hmm. But I think, in my opinion, it's that it wasn't. Odell Beckham's fault in Cleveland, and he has a much better quarterback uh, at the home in Matt Stafford than Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, so, like, my, my take on this is that he really, like, Robert Woods, when he went down and everything, and uh, when he went down, he was kind of like the safety target Matthew Stafford would go to if Cooper Cup was, like, not on a good route or he wasn't open, everything. And then Odell Beckham, the addition of him really kind of took took the role of Woods, everything. And uh, like like you mentioned, and like everyone else thinks that uh, Beckham proved that he is actually a solid wide receiver, and he could be on a competent team. You know, like he's good at route running. His he's good pass catcher. All he's an all around good player. Will he be as good as when he was with the Giants? Absolutely not. But we can kind of see an upgrade and improvement in him every single week when he's on the water. And I think he can be uh, number one on many other teams. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're on a playoff team, he's not he's not going to be your number one, and I think he's just fine with that. Yeah, and just curious, like, what teams do you think he could be a number one in? Well, um, I think you can look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. um, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think he wants, to go, he wants to go back to Cleveland. Yeah, I don't. Think Houston so, yeah. Texans, uh, obviously. Uh, I think he could be a number one with the Ravens. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, and with all of the wideouts gone and Aaron Rodgers gone after this offseason, he'll be a number one on the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, that's all I got for right now off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, Maybe a number one on the Bears. Possibly, like Allen Robinson had a terrible year this past season. So. And I don't think it was entirely his fault. No, it's uh, Matt Nagy and, and it's Matt Nagy's fault because I think yeah. Justin Fields he's gonna he's gonna be a good quarterback in the future. Anyway, let's move on uh, to the San Francisco 49ers, and we will talk a little bit about their offseason plans, and especially uh, Jimmy G. Uh, will he get traded? And if so. Where does he go? And is it time for the Niners to release Trey Lance? Um, to answer the first part of that question, will Jimmy G be traded this offseason? Um, personally, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough because it's like you can go you can go either way because you know he's led you he's led you to the playoffs. He he got behind the bar and everything, and he he had an impression, you know. The 49ers had an impressive season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think he's going to be traded though? Um, uh, you know, personally, I I think so. Um, and this is why is because they drafted a quarterback so high this past draft. He traded up to yeah, trade and, a quarterback. and they and like you said, they traded up to get a quarterback. So you know something something is about to happen. You know, and. You know, you're getting a kid called named Trey Lance from North Dakota State and everything who plays not in a power five conference and everything. Kyle Shanahan really sees some talent in that kid with his running ability, with his passing ability, and his field vision. You know, uh, Pro Scouts did say that his uh, deep ball accuracy is not good, but you know, it just takes time. So, well, neither does Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So. Yeah, he does. But, but uh, when you got Debo Samuel mm-hmm. going deep, I think he'll. As long as he throws it in the vicinity, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know what? Honestly, Jimmy G is such a system quarterback that if he does get traded, he can go any. He can go anywhere that will like you know take him. You know because you know he's a good he's a good pocket passer and everything. You know and he yeah. struggles on the deep ball a little bit, but some anywhere, people may not say he's a good passer at all. Well, you got you gotta you gotta like. You gotta pay it. I feel like that some people who don't say that gotta just pay attention to it. Like, you know, the whole every throw he makes and everything, even though it's not super high numbers like A Rod or any of those guys. But um, I think like five, 10, 15 yards, you know, he makes some pretty good throws. And where, and for the second question, where do you think he goes if he is traded? Well, Geez, that's kind of that's kind of tough, is because a lot of like teams have their quarterback like set. So um, 
Uh, no, there's one team that I can see him being traded to. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't like to say this, but, like, I think Rodgers is completely gone, so maybe the Packers or... Well, Jimmy G has a huge contract, so I don't know if he's going to... The Packers going to be able to accept yeah. that huge contract. Yeah, so, like, I, I really can't think of a team, but, yeah, I think he would definitely I, be traded. I got two. I got mm -hmm. two teams I can see him being traded to. I can see him being traded to... Uh, the Commanders, the Washington Banners. Oh, that's interesting. And the Carolina Panthers. I, you know, I, I like that Washington Commanders fit, you know. I think yeah. he'll look cool I, in that uniform and he'll run the system very well. And then he'll get injured at the 50-yard line and blow out his knee and then he's screwed. Yeah. Because that's what happens to uh, quarterbacks in D.C. Yeah. Sad face. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, moving on to... Um, more about more of the 49ers. Uh, if do the 49ers sign a veteran QB uh, to start in front of Trey Lance next season? Uh, once if slash when uh, they trade Jimmy G? Uh, yeah, like like you said, if if when they trade uh, Jimmy G this offseason, um, I think Trey Lance does make the start because you know, Kyle Shanahan said in the in the previous offseason, you know, he looks really good. You know, I know it's just like simple reps, drop back throw, and everything, but you know, you can you can tell something when a coach says that about a player. And, and, we, and we've seen Lance a couple of times this yeah, season. Exactly. And you know, he looked very impressive. And I think they do target they do target a, a veteran quarterback. And we have on our notes here, uh, we got a couple quarterbacks on this list saying uh Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, and Tyra Taylor. Um, out of that list, I think Mariota, you know, even though I want him to start somewhere, uh, but I think he can, he, he's a solid backup in Las Vegas, and I think he can be a solid backup in San Fran. You know, as long as I want to say the Tyrod Taylor meme, mm -hmm. uh, it's, I don't think it will be Tyrod Taylor. I think it will be either one of these two quarterbacks. I think it will be Mitch Trubisky yeah. or Teddy Bridgewater. And I think it will be most likely Teddy Bridgewater just because I think he will be more inclined to be a backup than Mitch Trubisky. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because Bridgewater did have that catastrophic injury at the end of yeah. the last season. Unfortunately, for the, sec for the second time. Yes. So it's very unfortunate. Yes. But yeah, that's my those are my picks to if the Niners decide to go the veteran route, either to start off or to have them back up if Jim or excuse me, if Trey Lance doesn't make the start mm -hmm. out of the season yet. Yeah, exactly. So uh now with our third team in the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals. So as we know, we talked about the Arizona Cardinals a lot this on this pot on a podcast that we still have that turned into what it is now everything and you know they were really good throughout the whole season and just kind of went downhill ever since they then. went downhill right right around when we went on winter break yeah basically so um but they did uh finish 11 and 6 you know which is a pretty good record but but they were a first round exit in the playoffs, which which kind of looked horrible in the playoffs. Yeah, they looked terrible. And you know, some people were shocked because 
you know, it's Rams versus Cardinals. And, you know, those are two competent teams. And it was kind of one-sided. It was kind of towards the Rams. We're now in the Super Bowl. So does this previous season prove that the Arizona Cardinals, like, ceiling has, like, been reached with this 11-6 season and the first-round exit? Here's the thing. I don't think their ceiling has been reached per se, mm -hmm. but I do think this is their ceiling under Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. I think there needs to be I think there needs to be a clean slate wiped because I don't think Kyler Murray is going to reach its full potential under Cliff Kingsbury. Mm -hmm. I think you need to bring in a better offensive-minded coach in, and I don't know who would that who that would be. I don't know if that would be well. I don't know if that would be Eric Bieniemy or if that would be uh, someone else. Um, and Steve Kime, I think, has just run this team into the ground. Uh, their entire offense is run with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And they were lucky to get James Conner to be as good as he was this year. Yeah. And But there's just no protection for Kyler Murray. He has yeah. no one else to throw to. Absolutely. No no offense to Christian Kirk or Rondale Moore, but they're just – it. you know, the, that offense flows through Murray and Hopkins. And when you have Hopkins go down – on that Monday night game, it's just like, well, our season is screwed. Yeah. Um. So my like my take on this is that you do not fire Kingsbury, uh, even though he has like such a terrible record in the second half of the of every season he's coached, which we've talked about, which we have talked about. Um. But uh, I think you kind of go in the way of that. You fire you fire the GM of this team is because. Other than a couple picks, like like I said on the previous uh, previous episode, uh, Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy, and Blue Baker, and acquiring like Chandler Jones and all, like all those guys acquiring them, but you know they don't really they don't really get anyone that's like wow, you know, like the JJ Watt thing was impressive, but like you know it wasn't like you got it was JJ. Watt past his prime. Yeah, it's JJ Watt past his prime and you got on the money. So I think you kind of fire the GM because you know you want us you want someone who wants, of course, everyone wants to win, but you want someone who is like their main target is to uh they have the assist. capability to win. Yeah, have the capability to win the big game, you know. And you know what what that what they need to do is that they need to acquire bigger, bigger, uh bigger targets that are like low budget, you know? So like you get your Hopkins type of player, but you don't get them at like 35 mil a year. You get them at like maybe, I don't know, uh, what's a reasonable number, like 18 million dollars. You know, like you can, you can get your like Odell Beckham off the Cardinals. You know? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and um, I think that with the 11 and six, I don't think it's the ceiling per se, is because, you know, like I feel like that team surrounds around Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, yes. those two guys. Yes. Right? If they both perform like good, then the Cardinals will have a good game. If they perform bad, then they'll have a bad game. And um, yeah, I I have fr friends who say this, and I have uh, I have a professor that said this as well. Uh, shout out to Michael Bauer. Um, 
who is my JNC 306 professor, um, he said that, and I really took that to heart. I'm like, wow, that's actually like kind of true, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my take. We got Cardinals fans here, ASU always. Yeah. Even though we're both Seahawks fans. Yep. <laughs> had the most disappointing uh, season out of the four. But, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, but we're going to move on as uh, we're getting a little bit low on time. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson, in his precision passing skills comp, uh, went three for three. Yeah. What do we say about that? Is And because his discourse on Twitter is that he's been liking all the tweets are saying, oh, Russell Wilson revenge tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are so quick to turn on Russell Wilson after one bad season. Yeah. And he tweeted a video of himself doing the precision passing drills and with the caption, um, yes, that finger still works. Yeah, uh, I'm going to let you take the floor because I just rambled, rambled, rambled on the Cardinals. <laughs> so, the, the, but super quick about this whole situation is that, you know, it just proves that you know when someone is injured mm-hmm. and when someone's healthy. Yes. Like, like Wilson in the season, he was completely injured. His deep ball was off. His medium ball was off. He, he could only throw short and everything and run the ball, right? Yeah. And now he like slings in a in a little mini game at the bubble. It's insane. And it and like shifting out of the NFC West, and because this was a big topic in the offseason this past season, was Tom Brady. You know, he just retired though, but that doesn't matter. But you know, he was dealing with that foot injury last year. And and then when I saw him this year, he looked like completely different. And I'm like, man, the foot injury was really noticeable. But I'll get your opinion on that. Yeah, and I think that Russell Wilson came back way too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because he came back way too soon, uh, I don't know if it necessarily hurt the Seahawks as much as helped, but I think that him and Geno Smith were kind of on the same level uh, when Wilson came back. I'm not saying that to boost Geno Smith's stock as he looks for a backup role this offseason. Um, it's just, Geno Smith looked impressive. Yeah. I I wasn't going to be upset if Russell Wilson came back, but I wasn't going to be upset if Geno Smith started another couple of games. Yeah, I I think like the, I told, you hit all the points. I think that he did come back too early. And even though, yeah, like some people can say he's my favorite quarterback or he's my, guy, I don't know, like top. 15 this whatever i think we can all say that or i use we but uh like people could say that like he really shouldn't have came should not have come back yeah should not have came during that time yeah especially in that really cold packers game yeah i don't think that was i don't think great at all yeah anyway um Clint Hurt is expected to become the defensive coordinator of uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, but they're also hiring former Broncos DC uh, Ed Donatel as like a consultant. Like he'll be on the defensive staff. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this move? 
I, I like these two moves and everything because, you know, you have Clint Hurt who has been working with the team for a very long time. And he knows a bunch of the players really well. And I feel like he's a likable person, you know. Um, and I think that's going to build the chemistry of the defense. And I was I was surprised at the Ed Donatel uh, hiring on the defensive staff. And what this is going to do to this defense, though, is it's going to improve because you're getting a different mind into the Seattle de- into the Seattle defense, and you're getting someone who has been on really good defenses and has more experience than Clint. Yes, and uh, I'm just pulling up this image I saw on Twitter last night of um, all of Pete Carroll's uh, defensive coaches uh, in his time in Seattle, and you kind of notice a trend. Uh, yes, I do it, notice a trend. Yeah, it, it, for those who can't see, obviously, because audio only, uh, yeah. it's just a bunch of bald men. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, if it in Seattle scheme for hiring bald men. Yeah. Well, it's 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 always been a trend, you know. Um, and for example, another NFC West team, uh, I feel like the offensive or defensive coordinator, they always get taken away after only a couple of seasons. Like uh uh who's the Chargers head coach? Brandon Staley, you know, he was a defensive coordinator for the Rams and then moved on a season after. And then the offensive coordinator of the Rams now, he's He's, uh, he's a head coach for he, uh, Minnesota now, right? Yeah, he, he's uh, getting promoted, maybe. I don't know. But, like, it's not, like, like, like fully true yet. But he's rumored to go to Minnesota to coach. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's just a weird trend of the coaching staffs. And, you know, you both never understand because of, you don't know, like, these people are and I thought um I thought it was really interesting now back on to the Seahawks mm-hmm. a little bit I thought it was interesting that um Ed Donatel was brought on to be a be on the staff but not as a DC and I wonder what the conversation between him and Carol was and maybe even John Schneider uh because you know you don't just go from defensive coordinator to oh I'm just on the staff yeah like that's a suit he, he was on the he was a Super Bowl winning coach right mm-hmm. you yeah. know you don't go from Super Bowl winning coach on one of the greatest defenses of the generation post Legion of Doom to you know being a defensive consultant so it's it was strange to me I thought they would have hired Donatelle as a DC and had um, hurt on the staff, but I think they're trying to, I think what's going to happen is that Pete will eventually retire within the next couple of years mm-hmm. and hurt will take over. And I think, and that means Donatello's going to be brought up to DC. Yeah. So that's what, that's what my prediction is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and super quick about what you just said, uh, like my prediction is that you know, they're using Donatel as like kind of a like a mentor yes. to Hurt because you know Donatel has experience and Hurt does not have like doesn't doesn't have that much as him. And so Hurt is gonna get a lot of help from Donatel to like really form mm-hmm. a defense. And the thing about Pete Carroll, I think when he leaves, they're just gonna completely hire someone that's not someone on the staff. Not someone on the staff? No. All right. 
Well, let's move on. We've got a few minutes left here. Uh, we It is the Pro Bowl uh, this weekend. We've already talked about the skill comp between Russell Wilson. Um, but we put down... Uh, we put down a few Pro Bowl snubs uh, of our own. We did not put any Rams Pro Bowl snubs because they're in the Super Bowl, of course. Mm -hmm. But we have somebody from the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Seahawks. So, um, Kenji, why don't you take this off? Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, I have Rodney Hudson. Okay. Uh, San Fran, I have Fred Warner. Mm -hmm. And Seattle, I have Tyler Lockett. I was actually really surprised that Fred Warner was on the Pro Bowl roster Honestly, as a middle linebacker, yes. especially um, since Bobby Wagner was not going to be um, at the Pro Bowl. He pulled out. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to replace Wagner with Warner, who arguably had a better season. Yeah, so I'm looking at the roster right now. I guess they chose Devin White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to replace Wagner. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then it's... Tyler Lockett, I think, just got snubbed just because there's a lot of wide receiving talent in the NFC. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But at the same time, though, the uh, the NFC roster uh, only has three receivers. So like, you need to fill a fourth receiver spot. So I'm, like, it can possibly be him, but like, you never know. Yeah. Uh, and now for all pro snubs, since uh, we know the all pro rosters came out like a month ago, mm -hmm. but we never got to go through our snubs. Mm -hmm. So I will list off a few. Uh, for the Los Angeles Rams, I was actually surprised that Matt Gay was not um, chosen as even a second team all pro. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, Nick Folk. It was, no, it was uh, Dylan Carlson. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow, that's a um, For the Cardinals, these guys got some votes, but were not chosen. Uh, Chandler Jones and Buda Baker mm -hmm. uh, for the 49ers. Um, these two also got some votes, uh, but of course did not receive second, at least second team. And that was Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. And I think Nick Bosa probably should have gotten at least second team all pro yeah. behind TJ Watt. Yeah, I think the 15, I think those 15 and a half sack season, that's impressive after coming off an ACL injury. That's that's like wild because you know ACL injuries they always they can just, ruin your NFL career. They can yeah they can ruin it and you just never know how someone's going to return. And there wasn't a lot to choose from for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh but we we decided to choose Quandre Diggs mm -hmm. even though there was a huge safety uh a lot of safety talent this year. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know if I can't remember if Diggs got any votes. I know um, for Seattle that Jordan Brooks got votes, though. Yeah, that, that was a little surprising. Yeah. I mean, when you set a franchise record for tackles in the season. Yeah. But um, yeah, so like overall on the snubs and who got all pro and pro bowl, like I can, all I can say is that, you know, everyone's going to have different opinions um, who's good and who's not good. And there's obviously going to be some biases for or every position like for example like we can always declare Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback uh until he retires yeah and uh we're uh just about out of time mm -hmm. so thank you all for listening to best of the west uh next week is Super Bowl week so we will do a preview of the Super Bowl uh among some other things 
And uh, we will see you guys same time, same place. See you later.